the voice over the intercom simply says, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We are now ready to make our final approach. At that point, there is no discussion amongst the passengers, deliberation amongst the others. There is just an acceptance that the final authority does lie with the captain and he's made his decision. This is the final approach. We don't stop to ponder about the amount of time he went into preparing for this role. We don't think for a second about all the hours of experience he has amassed to, for him to make that declaration. We take him at face value. We put ourselves and our security in his hands. And when he does land and brings us to the gate, all we can give as we exit the plane is applause for a job well done, gratitude for the safety of execution in delivering us to our destination. If you move to the wedding altar, the situation is slightly different, but the outcome is the same. It uh, begins with a lot of preparation. It goes into a lot of anticipation. Uh, there is revelry and participation, but when the proclamation is done, uh, the words are simply, I do. Both parties say, I do. They don't say, I wish, I could, I might, I shall. They just say, I do. All of the romance, all of the anticipation, all of the courtship, all of the dating culminates with a decision. We are now looking through the window of time at the challenge of everything. So when you look at your purpose, for this existence, the productivity during this existence, the things that are haunting you at this point are the things that are haunting me at this point. Is anything wrong with anything or are there any declarations that are so sacred that we shall not challenge them? That's what we are facing right now. The title of this uh, message uh, chosen is Telescopes and Microscopes, and that was borrowed from a book written by Frank W. Borum, a book called Luggage of Life, in which this was one of the essays, Telescopes and Microscopes. Borum basically gives us the fact that the evidence is broad and we look for this broad expanse of the universe in front of us and uh, don't challenge the minute things that force us to make everyday decisions. We seem to take existence at face value based on how it's delivered. He goes on to add the illustration of mad dogs and mosquitoes saying mad dogs maybe kill a hundred, maybe a hundred thousand, but the number is finite and number of people mad dogs kill, but the mosquitoes number is far greater. But the mosquitoes are so microscopic that we don't even bring them into the lexicon of discussion. It seems like as a voyeuristic society, all of our evidence has to be that that which is paraded in front of us and gallantly thrown into our face day in, day out. Many years ago, I had the privilege of reading a book called Livingston of Africa, a two-volume epic chronicling the journey of H.M. Stanley as he traipsed all the way through the heart of the Congo to find David Livingston. His expedition, of course, had been commissioned by a New York newspaper when the world uh, was worried that no news was coming out of Africa of the legendary Dr. David Livingston. We know how that expedition ended. Stanley did find Livingston and uttered those now immortal words, Livingston, I presume. 
during one of the interviews and I paraphrase uh, Stanley was asked the question whether he ever nervous or whether he ever scared when he looked at the daunting task of trying to find a man in the heart of a continent and he says I didn't look at the end I just looked at what was three feet in front of me and eliminated it and then I did that three feet in front of that and uh, enough gaps of three feet where the obstacles were removed allowed me to find Livingston. Now that might be an oversimplistic way of looking at life's obstacles, but I remember this was what the analogy was that was given to us when I came up through the ranks in goal setting. As a first generation migrant to this country, I had a lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of highs and a lot of lows. But I remember in the early days, the advice given to me was never telescopic. It was always microscopic. We know America was the land of the free, the home of the brave. We know it's a nation that had problems with its past. Uh, it has uh, issues with its present. And uh, I'm pretty sure that when we arrive into the tomorrow, because it's the same people, we'll probably have issues with tomorrow as well. But I was an immigrant trying to look at life and trying to look at the pursuit of happiness. And most of my advice came microscopically, not telescopically. People said, don't worry about the broad expanse of what people are saying can and will be done. Don't look at the burning skyline of a city or the burning embers of a ruined revolution. Instead, look for the hope that you can find in the things you do. So using that uh, outline and that illustration, I've just created four moods for you today that will help you in purpose. The first is visibility. What you are doing because of the skills you have, the talents and gifts that you have and the ability you have to use them. Dr. King said, God has given everybody some amount of talent. He's given some more than others, but he's not left anyone without any. So we have a certain set of skills that allow us to make a living and uh, that's the set of skills we can lean on. So whether times are good or times are bad, we always have to took in a visibility inventory saying that if nothing ever changed, can I make a living and can I shape a life with what I know? If everything changed, can I shape a living and make a life with what I know? That's visibility. The second is feasibility. What else you can do because of the skill you have? You know, when this contagion broke, one of the things that was given to us as an option was that exercise was considered something that you could do uh, when you wanted to get out of the confinement of the home or the lockdown or whatever the terminology that was used. So I used to go for a five mile walk. I still do every morning in some way, try to get those 10,000 steps in, but that's just me. But on one of the morning walks, I noticed something that uh, was a frequency that was happening with uh, quite, quite, uh, I mean, it was regularly happening. It was an alarming frequency and that was road repair. Because all the traffic had been shut down, the people who are responsible for roads and buildings and works and maintenance probably decided, hey, no longer do we have to do it between 9 a.m. and 6 a.m. Uh, in the dark of night. Uh, maybe we can get twice as much work done if we are also doing it 24-7. I don't know whether they got twice as much work done, but I'm assuming that uh, their decision to work during the day was largely based on the fact that the traffic patterns had now come to an almost complete standstill. But as I was walking by, I thought to myself, I said, you know, days began to go into weeks, weeks into months. Now we're 100 days into it. And I started seeing this construction. I thought, you know, these guys are working every day. Uh, I don't know where uh, uh, the normal will be or whether it's old excellence or all of those things that we can create as nomenclature. But the bottom line is, I looked at all the jobs that were being done. You know, there was crane drivers there. There were backhoe drivers there. There were excavators there. There were surveyors there. There were engineers there. There were drivers there. There were haulers there. 
And then there were guys who were just uh, standing there moving cones, trying to direct what little traffic there was. There were people holding a wire or a tape on one side and measuring the, those guys painting sidewalks. And uh, I thought to myself, with the skill set I have, I'm pretty sure that at least three or four of those jobs I could do by just walking up to the site and saying I'm available. Whether the job was available or not, my skill was available. That's feasibility. What else can you do because of the skill you have? Not because you have to, but because you want to. Remember, feeding your family is paramount. Feeding your eco, ego is secondary. The third is probability, what you could do with new skills you now need. Now, in order to get new skills and things that you now need, uh, I stumbled on a graph the other day, and it was the Fogg's behavior model that came as part of a broader study. But in this, he simply has the traditional x-axis and y-axis, x being horizontal, y being vertical. On the vertical axis, he had the word motivation written. On the horizontal axis, he had the word uh, skill or a new aptitude or something like that written. Something new you have to learn. Now, obviously, the points where these two graphs intersect is called the origin. So if on the y-axis you have the word motivation, at the bottom of the y-axis would be low motivation, at the top would be high. At the bottom on the left-hand extreme left-hand corner of the x-axis would be something that's hard to learn and on the other extreme would be easy to learn. Now here's the image. If you're at the point of origin, which means you have to look at the probability of new things that you could possibly do, you have to ask yourself, how hard is it and how motivated am I? Now your point of impact will be closer to the origin if your motivation is low and you think it's really hard to do. Fogg's uh, analysis or summation was that your point of impact will be further from the origin if you think something is easy to do and you're very extremely motivated to do it. For the first time, a lot of learning is now online. So if you have to get further education or learn something about Far Eastern literature or Middle Eastern poetry or learn something about anything in this world, you know, from Mayan architecture to Egyptian ruins, you could be an expert on just about anything on your keyboard. So try to try to find a the lessons that are cheap and easy to come by. And then if you have, because time is on your side, if you need to invest in additional lessons, do so. By the same token, people who are doing these online courses are desperate for enrollment. These are people where the physical installations are now having to raise money in other ways. So one of the things in probability that will come to focus or come to the surface is just this. You can get a lot more done with a lot less because you can negotiate your way because new people are looking for new opportunities and new opportunities sometimes require new customers. And if you become a good customer to these new opportunity, you may be able to get a deal out of it. That's probability, what you could do with new skills. Then there's possibility, which is the culmination. Possibility is when you're able to say, ladies and gentlemen, this is the final approach. Because all the hours in the flight simulator are now gone past you. Uh, all the hours of uh, sitting as a first officer are behind you. All the man hours recorded of flying different missions and all of those things uh, from the short haul to the long haul to the international, whatever it is. Now you're at the zenith of your journey. You're the pilot of the craft. Other people depend on you and you can make that declaration. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the final approach. Now, the final approach is telescopic in the sense that you look through the windshield of that plane and you can see the entire world in front of you. 
but the decision to land that plane is microscopic. Many different things have to come together for that plane to land in a specific way, at a specific place, at a specific time, with all of the other parameters in there. So think of it. Be further away from the origin so your point of impact is higher. Make sure that your motivation to learn things is high. Your desire and your belief in that fact that they are easy to learn has to be very, very good. And then you can move across that visibility spectrum. It's not bad being in the visibility and the feasibility zone because sometimes we just have our skills to rely on. But maybe for the first time, as you look at your life, don't look at it telescopically and see what you don't have that is qualifying you to run the race. Look at it microscopically and see what can you etch away so that you can come and make that declaration. This was what was on the heart. This was what was on the mind. And so happy trails. Uh, be productive in the tomorrows of your life. Good luck. God bless.